You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 126, covering Birthright, Part 2, and Starship Mine, with Vishal Baradwaj. Friends, we have a treat for you today. All the way from completely around the world is our pal Vishal, who... Have you been on since Next Gen? I know you were on for the animated series. I was on uh, in at least twice during Next Gen, I think. I, I came on for the random episode where... Picard is... Oh, you hate Klingons. Oh, yes, That's I right. hate Klingons. Right, okay, we're and just assholes Isn't then. it okay. wonderful that I get to... Read... That you're here for another Klingon yeah. episode. <laughs> How delightful. Mm -hmm. And what a delightful Klingon episode it is, too. It's the I best. found it incredibly boring. I I thought you would like it, Matt, but apparently you don't. You, well, you were wrong, old friend. Well, Wrong again! I Sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> it's true. Oh, uh, boy. Um... So it is what? It is it is 6 a.m. where you are it now? It is 5.13 a.m. Oh, Good well, that's God, not that man. And you've, you've, you're not just waking up. You've been up this whole no, time. No, it's fine. I've, I've lost all sense of day and night since, like, 1997. Right, wrong. Oh, well, that's okay, then. But in any case, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about this episode, Matt. I suppose we should. All right. Birthright Part 2. Mm-hmm. We rejoin Worf as he struggles to fit in in a world where Klingons who have survived the, the Kitamar massacre have befriended their former Romulan jailers in a place of peace and not warrioring. Worf, who has, had who has had it just about up to here with hippies, is having none of it and starts teaching impressionable young Klingons how to skin goats and throw spears through hoops in the traditional Klingon manner. He tells them stories of Kalos the Unforgettable, and the time Kalos' brother stole his father's sword and threw it in the ocean, and Kalos cried about it until he got it back. You know, warrior stuff. He also fails to have sex with a half Klingon, half Romulan because of his racism. Wait, why is Worf the good guy here? Anyway, so head Romulan guy gets fed up with Worf and his dead Klingon society and is going to have him executed, but then all the Klingon kids stand on their desks and it's just goddamn easier to let them all go home for crying out loud. Back on the Enterprise, Alexander, whom Worf has forgotten to feed, has died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I forgot about Alexander. Everyone has forgotten about Alexander. We haven't seen him for, what, like a year now? There's a, there's a sad little skeleton in Worf's, uh, oh. in, in Worf's quarters. That's... Horribly funny. Or he's, yep. you know, with his little with his little bowl haircut. Or, or he's dead in the holodeck in that mud bath. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe that that uh, cowboy villain finally just killed him, and uh, oh well. They just sweep up his bones. And, that's uh, the best death for Alexander ever. He was gunned down by a cowboy. <laughs> it was also the best death for Chekhov, over and over mm. and over again. Oh yeah, remember that? That was great. It was. I would like to remember not this episode because I watched it for a very long time. Al Algar has, has actually shit. tried to commission me to make a uh, an animated GIF of New Chekhov from Fake Trek uh, killing... Being shot repeatedly. <laughs> no, killing old Chekhov. Oh, right. <laughs> He's holding the gun. That's right. Well, we will end up with some kind of uh, uh, new Trek-related art because su Supplemental hmm. 13, is it, is going to be about the new movie. So Yes, yes it is. Curious and to it see is what you come up with there. Fast approaching. Mm. Yes, it is not fast enough. There was a no. new clip. I have uh, the other day. I've been very good. I have stayed away from every single trailer. I have not seen that uh, movie in motion at all. 
Damn, man, that's impressive. I can respect that, but on the other hand, J.J. Abrams is very good at not giving you anything you need mm, at all. Yeah. I feel like I know nothing about the movie, and I've watched just about everything. But I'm not I'm not saying you yeah. should. I'm saying stick I, to your I guns. Have, it's almost yeah, I have speculations about it, but I'm waiting to see mm-hmm. how they turn out. It's not Khan, I'll tell you it's that. It's not Khan, but I have this sneaking suspicion that it could be someone similarly uh, out of time as Spock was in the first one. Oh, so you think he's fighting Captain America? I think he's fighting Picard. <laughs> that would be okay. That's fine, yes. <laughs> we'll talk about what a badass Picard is action-wise here exactly. shortly. You notice once again, mm. <laughs> we found other things to talk about because we don't want to talk about the episode. Yes. It God, wasn't, we don't want to talk about this episode. It wasn't bad. I'm just going to go right to my bad thing. Cause yeah, this go is, ahead. This is basically what we're talking about. I find it tremendously boring. Mm-hmm. Worf comes and he, he tells these Klingons, you're doing it wrong. Hey, Romulans, can I show these guys what being a Klingon is? The, they say, we don't care. Leave these kids alone. And then you just repeat that for 47 minutes. They cut back to the Enterprise once. Mm-hmm. I think because contractually they're <laughs> yeah, obligated they it, to show. They do it twice for exactly the same reason, which is like, oh, Worf got away. We need to find him. Okay. What do you which... think, Jordy? I have a line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that was the placeholder when they wrote the script, mm. too, and then they had to go in and fill a line. But I just uh, picture Picard on the bridge with his arms spread wide going, anybody seen Worf? Yep. Didn't we used to have one of those? But then they do that thing where they use the, the entire ship, the thousand guys they have to track down one guy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I thought they made a point on the show that they don't do that. Mm-hmm. But, no, they don't do that when there's a Cardassian war going on, I guess. Oh, I see. When Jellicoe's not on the ship, they can go look for whoever the fuck they feel like. I just, I don't remember them doing they this a lot. They spent, like, four episodes looking for that Waldo guy. Yeah, but they never found him. True. Is the thing. They found, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the evil one, the one in the bumblebee colors. Oddlaw. Yeah, that's him. I wonder if he's Elaw in, uh, in England. <laughs> I've often wondered about that. Once again, we're not talking about the episode. <laughs> I should ask. I should ask Cap about that. The uh, taking the Enterprise and looking for one person is more of a Kirk move, and I, I bring that up because really going to a, a peaceful, idyllic planet and completely fucking it up with your own beliefs is totally a Kirk move. Mm-hmm. Worf was basically Kirk here, only a racist. Also, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I can't relate to him. I can't sympathize with him. I just don't care. But also, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, it really does. Just more, hey, so this is what traditional Klingons do. We're interested in that. Hey, stop doing that. Yep. No. Repeat. I, and I did, didn't even see the first uh, part of this episode, Birthright Part 1, in, in preparation for this. I do not remember mm-hmm. this episode until, you know, it sort of started in the night. Oh, no, this is the one where he keeps teaching people for 40 minutes. <laughs> And somehow, no teaching. Somehow, in my brain, I remember it being having a more of a interesting conclusion than you know people standing in front of him and then them pulling the uh, what is it the Dead Poet Society one or Spartacus? <laughs> yeah. I forget. That was, that was that a too. It's good both. comparison. I was thinking of, and I know there's a there's a better, more cultured reference to this, but but bear with me here for a minute. One of my favorite episodes of Transformers. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh Come on, Matt. This is going somewhere. Go ahead. There's a there's a planet of peaceful robots who left the war and had a peaceful planet and then the 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 good guys and the bad guys come there and tear it up with their war and they end up having to blow it up. Mm. Oh, and, nice! And it ends with the leader of the Autobots saying, "Eh, what's so great about being peaceful anyway?" and just blows up the planet. <laughs> 
I'd love it. There was a lot more adult stuff going on in that show than, than people realize. But anyway, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of going in, completely fucking up someone's society, and then just leaving. It's, uh, yeah, it brings me to my bad thing because... Uh, sure. I'm still that old, you know, uh, original series type of person who's like, okay, this is the future, there's the prime directive, there's all this, you know... Mm-hmm. Well, for lack of a better term freedom to you know just like okay you want to not be klingon but you are klingon fine you know and what i don't is... think the prime directive specifically applies but i think no the philosophy but the philosophy certainly mm-hmm. applies that you know you can be yeah. whoever you want and whatever you want in the future and Worf is sure. sort of completely the antithesis of that yep like hey no you yeah, better I, be klingon like idea. this I love the idea that he comes to their planet and brings them racism. Yeah, uh, Basically, yeah. Because usually in any story like this, when you've got what is basically a religious zealot showing up and saying, you know, you need to be like this and do this and do that. There is a comeuppance mm-hmm. for that character at some point, And there is none for warfare other than the fact that he just gets no, to go home. No, of course home. not. Or in a, in a particularly well-written next-gen episode, they would at the very least present both sides equally. Exactly. So that you would say, well, both of these have yeah. a good point. I wonder there's really no right here. But no, Worf was just totally in the wrong. The, one of the things that really irritated me was how they play out. They 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 still try and play up the Romulan as kind of evil. Hmm. He's well, not really evil, but he keeps trying to like keep control of the place. Well, and technically, like, it's still a prison, yeah. and they say that a couple of times. There's a point where he says it's time to sleep. I'm like, these kids are like 20. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, I guess technically it's a prison. But, okay. See, I assume that was just him being like, you know, that's... fucking stop talking to Worf and go to bed. Well, yeah. as, as someone who has exposure to a lot more, uh, you know, like very conservative people, mm-hmm. you know, this reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, certain like uh, small town or even like city Indian cultures where you have this patriarch and he does tell you, you know, time to go to sleep. <laughs> I've met people like that. And they that. can tell the entire community that? Uh, sort of, yeah. At least in their like their own household, which can be up to like 20, 30 people, you know. Right. There is this this huh. very strong patriarch in a in a lot of traditional families. All well, it, it might be that way, but on the other hand, it's telling that it was the Romulan hmm. holding the disruptor who yeah. said that. Yeah, which is less a patriarchy and more, you know, a gunarchy, <laughs> disruptorarchy. Please, <laughs> shoulder padarchy. Notice I didn't say. Notice I didn't say phaser. I said disruptor because yeah. I am a nerd. Come on, uh-huh. let's not forget that. <laughs> I just, I mean, there, and there's a core of a good idea here. Mm. I like the idea of, like, there's those stories about Japanese soldiers stuck on islands who yeah. still oh, think yeah. the war's going on long after the war's over. And that's an interesting story. These guys think out there, like out mm. beyond their planet, is nothing but war everywhere. And there's not. I, I think that's a cool idea. But mm-hmm. uh, mm. they just... Nothing happened. No, it's just a lot of training montages. This is training montages. <laughs> it's not Tai Chi montages, not even training. Uh, I there, there's a scene where Worf's doing his tra- his uh his uh Klingon Tai Chi crap, right? Mm. And th- this one of the young Klingons sort of sneaks up behind him and starts half-assedly doing it, like following his motions mm. just slightly after he does them. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> It's it's very much, Worf reminded me of, like, they told him, you can't do this Klingon stuff. The next day, he comes out to the public square and starts doing it. Mm-hmm. It was like a teenage girl, I'm into this this week, and she just does it and waits for someone to come over and ask, hey, what are you doing? That yep. must be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like, just, you attention whore, stop it. It's like, it'd be even better if he just put out a piece of cardboard and started breaking Oh, I was just it. about to say that. <laughs> 
How? <laughs> what? Yeah, that would have been so cool. Did I, did I miss was, some obvious? If he was wearing a blue uh, tracksuit and they had a piece uh-huh. of cardboard and then started, you know, like doing his dance. I think I think that's amazing. I'm just wondering how both of you arrived um, to that conclusion independently. There's a music video, is it? Um, I forget what. Uh, maybe. Yeah, no. The, the, hmm? I don't know where I know that from. There is this music. I guess there's just no break dancing in America. Yeah. No, of course there's breakdancing in America. We invented it. Uh-huh. I hope so. Well, then how come there's no uh, there's, there's no breakdancing buskers in uh, that you're readily aware of, but uh, there's some here in Canada and apparently some in Dubai. Oh, no, there's absolutely breakdancing buskers here. Oh, well. Are they in Dubai as well? Really? Uh, I'm sure. sure there are. There's, you know, there's probably... Listen, you... Michelle, you look out your window, I'm sure you're going to see thousands of uh, breakdancing Yeah, as the sun there. rises there. <laughs> The breakdancers come out for their long day of breakdancing. Once again, <laughs> we've moved away from the episode. Ah. Uh, which is fine. This is why boring episodes are worse than bad episodes. It's true, because I couldn't think of a lot of uh, jokes to make. There's, no. there's a couple here. I like the jungle music when he goes was. into the jungle. The jungle, yeah. huh? He just goes into, he just like goes over that wall and suddenly the music is all like... That very 90s, you know, synthwave, like, look, South America. Could, yeah, it was a bit season one, actually. A bit when, like, Tasha would get in a fight, they'd always have that that synth kind of mysterious, yes. wild music. Like, yes. it's that same kind of I thing. I come from the mysterious <laughs> planet of, well, whatever. The planet of potted plants. <laughs> yep. Matt, you actually pointed out that you expected them to run into Val. I did, actually. That that jungle looked worse than uh, the Apple's jungle. Yeah, and that and the was Apple's in, jungle. what, season two of, of original series? Mm, yeah, because we got, like, the Doomsday Machine and the Apple right back to back. Yeah. Like, and, seriously, he would have turned a corner and there's a big snake head with only one tooth. Well, oh, God, that bugged me so much. <laughs> um, the thing about that, and, and I'm being totally serious here, is the jungle and the Apple looked really fake, but it also looked big. Mm. This? Yeah. It looked like you could see four guys moving across it for a little while, whereas this, yeah, this was there was two of them and they kept cutting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a New York apartment. There were there were two of them, and they kept having to cut to make it look like they were in different places, even though they were clearly just from a different angle. And it's it like, was... yeah, of course that, uh, of course that uh, young Klingon tackled Worf. He tripped over him. Right. It just... Uh... It wasn't great. On the other hand, and this is my good thing, the Klingon makeup in this I thought was particularly good. Oh, yeah. You got a whole bunch of different looking Klingons, I yeah, and, which and is always nice to see. More elaborate forehead ridges than usual. Yeah, and especially mm-hmm. the half Romulan, half Klingon girl. They did that very well. That, you know, that, yeah, they that did. she's sort of half here and half there. Well, her, and he goes in to kiss her and he brushes her hair back and he's like, blah. But even her, her, her forehead ridges were, you know, they were not quite uh, the usual Klingon. Right. No, I think they should have been smaller, though, because everyone had very pronounced hmm. larger Klingon foreheads than mm-hmm. we usually see, and hers should have been, hmm. like, Alexander has more subtle ones, and Kalar had yeah. more subtle hmm. ones, you know. That would make sense. Speaking anyway, of singing. Yes. That song. Which song? The one in the, the, the oh, lunchroom. The, oh, God, yeah, the one they thought oh, it was yay, a nursery rhyme. Chote. <laughs> Go, I'm, hey. I'm so glad I watched Lex, so, you know, that song is in my head rather than this one, forever. Lex? Lex. The greatest Canadian science fiction show ever. I haven't heard, I haven't thought about Lex in about ten years. Okay, oh. I, I would rather watch this than watch Lex, or no, Lex Cleopatra is awesome. 2525. Lex is better than Voyager, certainly. 
Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you oh, what, when, when Voyager comes around, instead of watching Voyager, let's just watch Lex. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're the guest every week. I think Absolutely. If you... I, I will show up for watching Lex every week. Dude, if, if you... you want to do a Lex podcast with us, <laughs> we will do that. If you take me by the hand each week and say, okay, here's Lex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the tour. That's fine, yeah. but I'm not watching it on my own. That's the only way I'll do it. Goddamn fucking Great Shadow. <laughs> what? That was Lex, right? I wasn't thinking of Babylon 5. Great Shadow, yeah. The guy who played the villain in Human Centipede. I think that was him. Oh my god! <laughs> Tom Six? Uh, no, his no, name was Dieter Laser. Oh, right, right. Or Lasser. Right. What know. a great German name. Dieter Laser. Dieter he, and he and he kept his German accent, so it was always like, you humans are useless. <laughs> I love hearing you do different accents. See, again, we are not talking about this episode because <laughs> why would we? boring. The I thing can't is, believe Matt we're talking about Lex of... instead of Star Trek. <laughs> your, your, your summary is six sentences long and it completely didn't miss anything. Nope. Mm. You, you covered all of it. It's just very repetitive. But again, there's something there. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. We talked about this last time. Birthright, it should not have been two episodes. No. No. I and, do not remember it being two episodes. Well, the first part is worth getting there, which was entirely yeah. unnecessary. No, hmm. it took about 15. Honestly, we could have almost started this episode. No, what yeah. I'm saying is you could mash the two of them together. You could do this while you're doing yeah. the Data's Dream and, thing. And this is sort of... Uh, you know, spilling over into what what I felt about next episode, but I thought that one should have been two episodes. Yeah, I th well, I don't know that it should have been, but no, I think but it, it would have. I think it could have. Yeah, I will get to that in a few minutes. It, anyway, it, it could have been more than birthright. We'll, we'll definitely oh, yeah. say yeah. that. Uh, um, Vishal, good thing. Oh yes, my good thing. They have a goat. <laughs> Hey, don't knock goats. I know you guys in the West are no, all, no, no, you no. know, like lamb and sheep and all that, but goats are delicious. Have no, you ever I'm tried not... goat biryani? I personally have not. No, I wasn't. No. I wasn't mocking your, you your love of goat, goat. Goat biryani beats Klingon culture, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> because your people. Because my people. Because my delicious goat eating people. No, but the, goat, <laughs> the people are delicious. Well, both of them are delicious. Yeah, that's fine. I knew it. I knew you ate people. I knew Should it was just a matter had, of time until we could get you to admit that. No, what I'm saying is your best thing is that they have a goat. It's like that episode when Matt said, well, there's a dog in this episode. I yeah. did that twice, actually. Aquiel. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that dog. It was the goat. <laughs> I went back to my friend Mark, uh, whom, whom we used to call Famous Mark because he works for a major mm. video game company. Um, now he's award-winning Mark. Oh no, trophy winning Mark. Trophy winning Mark. I I I mock him so much for his trophy, but that's mm -hmm. that's a separate thing. Here, the Mark have a trophy. <laughs> oh, you got your little. Tro Are you going to polish your trophy? Anyway, I told him that it was the dog has become some kind of strange catchphrase, and he is so happy that <laughs> an observation he made twenty five years ago <laughs> has now become a catchphrase <laughs> on my podcast. It was the dog. Yeah. Although in this case, it was the goat. It was the goat! Now, I, I have to admit, jokes aside about being bored, I seriously sort of wandered away from time to time. Was there an animal on screen, or did we just see them throwing no. a spear? No, and then no, no, they, they, they didn't show anything. And the, okay, the interesting a, thing a is that goat showed up fully skinned and dressed, as it were. Or undressed. Okay. 
Oh, so you didn't see the intermediate part where they had to do that. Yeah, no, no I thought the song was going to be about, you know, proper butchering skills. <laughs> <laughs> like all Klingon lullabies. The prelude to the song is about um, sanitary, you know, keeping sanitary, yeah. sterilizing everything, wearing gloves. Hmm. Very important in Klingon culture. Yeah. You oh, wouldn't absolutely. think. But they polish their batlets like crazy. They're, you know, all the time yes. just like worried about my, germs. My final note here is next week, there's a Romulan guy who comes over and teaches them Romulan songs about <laughs> shoulder pads. <laughs> Which is uh, about all I can say about this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about all. Shoulder pads, shoulder pads. Every Romulan has shoulder pads. You almost had well it. Well done. It, it didn't quite track there. Uh, Can they swing from a thread? Matt, tell me something good, bad, I don't care. Tell me something good. (laughs) I, uh, I like the Klingon kid that Worf takes under his wing. Really? Yeah, Mm. I did, actually. All right. He does this sort of thing that, like, I remember doing as as a teenager, and I'm sure a lot of people remember doing as a teenager, where you have one day of this thing, and suddenly you're the guy who won't shut up about it. Yes, that's exactly what I thought, and that's why I didn't like him. I thought that was adorable. That reminds me of a very shameful time in my life that I'd rather forget. Yeah, me too. It reminds me of a <laughs> lot of kid. very shameful times. Yeah, we were all that kid. I think nerds yeah. do that more than anyone. Yeah. I, just, I love the way he just comes in. Hey, I learned something today. I skinned a goat. We're going to sing Klingon songs. Fuck you, adults. Yeah. Come on, what's wrong with you kids? We're Klingon. Look, yesterday you were yelling at Worf for this, and now you're... Yesterday yeah. you were weeding the hedges with your uh, with your, with your your spear. Oh, no, no, no. He was digging with it. Do they not have shovel technology on Apparently this planet? Apparently not. That is the shittiest thing you could use to dig a trench ever. Maybe he literally turned his sword into a, a, a plowshare, only they didn't need plowshares, so he used it as a shovel. I don't know. <laughs> Also, I don't know what a plowshare is. So no, no one. Then they're playing that game with the with the, oh. the hoop and the thing, and he's like, "No, this is how you hone your skills." Yeah, yeah. I keep telling yourself that. <laughs> no, they're just playing hoop bowling. Yeah. Well, what I think, what I think, the best part is, and we'll see this way more in Deep Space Nine. If nothing else, we've established what Worf is really like. Mm-hmm. He's a racist. He's super conservative. Like yeah. he mm-hmm. thinks everything needs to be like this, and you can't do different things than your culture and all that. But yeah, I mean, he has incredibly good luck with women, but... He does. I mean, Oh, dude, that was my bad thing. <laughs> well, we'll get there in a sec. Well, as in, he has incredibly good fortune with the women who seem to be interested in him. He does not deserve with any Troy of and them. Dax. And, yeah. Uh-huh. No, you're Kay- right about that. Kaylor, Dax, and oh. even this woman, you know, she's... At least she's Yeah, pretty. that's true. He's He's got a... And, and even still, being sort of a hardcore conservative... But I, what I think is interesting is ultimately we find out that he's a bit of a poser, that real Klingons find him a bit stiff, a mm. bit, you know, come on, loosen up. We saw that in uh, Redemption, yep. yeah. where when they're off fighting battles, they would, yeah, they would go. Yeah, he's sort of the worst person to show up at uh, a Klingon, you know, camp that has lost its way and tell them how to do things. Yeah, that's because... what I'm saying. He's yeah. a bit of a Klingon poser, and he's yeah. showing these people how to be Klingons, but he's a terrible Klingon. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what I was driving at. It's a bit hmm. ridiculous. We're gonna get back to the the home world, and everyone's just be like, "Oh, you guys suck. Where'd yeah. you learn to be Klingons?" Worf. That guy. Oh, well, that explains it. <laughs> that's it. We're taking your honor again. Damn it! <laughs> oh, my honor. I'm always losing that. I just got that back. Uh, so uh, so your bad thing, Matt. Oh yeah, Worf falls in love with this Romulan Klingon lady way too quickly and then it all adds up to nothing and she just sort of disappears 
Like, come on, Worf. What are you, the new Troy? You want me to fix you up with a onesie? Jesus. Yeah, that wasn't great. I I, the... I hate when uh, like when they just slap on a, uh, a, a love, love interest. story. Yeah, yeah a love a, interest for no fucking reason. When a character reason. falls in love in 40 minutes. Yeah. That's why I like that one Beverly episode. Well, I didn't like the episode, but I like that we cut in with her in love with someone and they say it's been a month or something. Yeah, at least that works. Yeah, it's not like I just met you and now let's... let's... Fucking, he's been on the planet like a day. Yeah. And he's like, no, I no, I love you. Yeah, but then he sees that she's a Romulan and he hates her, and then he loves yep. her again. I so seriously, like, oh, I, maybe I could learn to love a Romulan. I seriously thought she was going What's to die exactly for years. That <laughs> That's weird, man. I don't, I don't know that I approve of that. No, I seriously thought she was going to die just because that's usually yeah, yeah, right. The standard Your ears thing. have no honor. Uh, we, were, we talked about this a little before the episode started. I'm just, I'm constantly fascinated by the way Worf keeps being racist. Yeah, if anything, we, like a good thing, an extra good thing here is they've really defined the Worf we will see moving forward. Yeah. Whether this was a boring episode or not, and it was, mm-hmm. we we definitely see, you know, the Worf that is really, you know, this is Worf. He's a jerk. He's not a good Klingon and he's a jerk. Yeah. Now, they really stick to their guns on that, which I, that at least I find impressive. Yeah. And it's, he's just a terrible Klingon and a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> He's Matt. one of our favorite characters. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, hit us with a quote. Uh, all right. This is the kid making his little speech towards the end. Step aside, Doc. Worf would rather die than accept this way of life. And so would I. I want to leave. As do many others. You will have to kill us to keep us here. Now, I found him a bit melodramatic, but then again, I found Tony Todd a bit melodramatic, like, in a good way. Mm-hmm. He very much reminded me of Kern, with his sort of, like this kind of voice. You know I, I mean? imagine that's how Klingons are coached to talk. Probably. It, it felt like he was imitating Tony Todd, not even in a bad way, because he played a great sort of intense Klingon. Yeah. All right. Martok is the high watermark Hmm? of Klingons for me. Oh, yeah, he's best Klingon. He's best Klingon. General Martok. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, again, we're several years away from Mm. that. But, yeah, I love that guy. Oh, man. (laughs) Also, part (laughs) one of this was a DS9 crossover, and part two couldn't even be bothered. They said DS9 once. Mm. They're like, hey, he got lost on DS9, those fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Let's never go there again. Yeah. Maybe those, we should call those guys are dicks. ask him about it. Nah. No. Yeah, those guys are jerks. Don't watch their show. <laughs> Why would you even say that? I don't know. All right. Really told me it's to. It's called Enterprise. What do they have? A station. And Kai Win. <laughs> it doesn't even go oh. anywhere. Oh, Kai Win. I am not looking forward to hearing Matt bitch about her for two years. Every episode she's on, she'll be my bad thing. Oh, boy. No, <laughs> we're going to have to we're gonna have to do the, the Wesley rule on that one. You're gonna have to find a good thing about her once. Wedding oh, I will. Hair. Last episode, <laughs> I've got it all saved up. All right. What's up, Fisher? Wedding Barail's hair can be a bad thing in most most episodes he's in. <laughs> Look, once again, we're not talking about this, and I've given us the out to move <laughs> forward. We can talk about a good episode now. All right, pressing forward to Die Hard on a Ship, which oh, yes. I just stole which, your joke. Sorry. Which is which is called? Um, I don't even know. What it's, oh, Starship Mine. Uh huh. Die mm-hmm. Hard on a Ship. Yes. So let, let's get, get on with that then. Die yes, Hard on a Ship. No, really. Sorry. This episode is Die Hard on a Ship. Oh, wait, wasn't 
under siege die hard on the ship anyway <laughs> uh, the enterprise is docked at the rembla uh, rembrandt uh, drama lama ding dong array uh, to get swept free by some guy named barry Uh, everyone is leaving the ship since the sweep will kill any living tissue it comes in contact with and all the senior staff have to look forward to while the sweep is sweeping all they have to look forward to is a teeth gnashing reception thrown by the station's commander hutch hutchinson <laughs> hutch hutchinson call him hutch <laughs> they call him hutch which he keeps saying <laughs> call me hutch did you keep rabbits in him hutch hutchinson Picard uses the first chance he gets to excuse him excuse himself from Hutch Hutchinson's dazzlingly long-winded company when Hutch Hutchinson mentions horses horses them Picard nips back to the enterprise to get his saddle of course he has a saddle it's perfectly normal every true rider must have his own personal saddle you know <laughs> and it leaves it just minutes before the barry sweep is about to begin when hmm Someone's been tampering with his precious ship's conduits and apparently it's Tuvok. Now I'm honestly surprised time travel travel happy voyager and Brandon Braga and the rest didn't retcon this to actually be Tuvok but nevertheless <laughs> it's the same actor only here he's a bad guy and Picard cottons onto this fairly quickly and clocks him with the saddle which is really awesome. and then he vulcan nerve pinches an actual vulcan immediately turning the badass quotient of this episode to at least 42 <laughs> so fake tuvok turns out to be one of the crew of near do wells posing as repairmen sorry uh, repair persons uh, well repair sentients at the least and they are led of course this being die hard on the ship by hans gruber's nature identical sag scale bit player sister <laughs> there after trilithium which is a byproduct of the enterprise and it explodes a lot so <laughs> that's why they want it so of course the, everyone uh, wants things that explode a lot i i know it the, the exploding things are awesome mm-hmm. so meanwhile their cohorts on the planet take the bridge crew hostage at the reception which was thrown by hutch hutchinson <laughs> And the only reason uh, they do that is because Jordy is like really hungry and eating every single thing on the buffet table. <laughs> and he's just like, "What are these guns doing here under all this delicious cheese?" <laughs> Now on the upside, they do shoot Hutch Hutchinson, finally shutting him up. On the downside, they also shoot Jordy, and he was just like halfway through those canapes. It was not even, you know. Picard meanwhile is also captured for a bit claims to be Mort the barber which is you know perfect yes. then he thwarts the ba- bad guy's plans to make a clean getaway and so begins a cat and mouse game across the ship while the barry sweep marches inexorably on and on and look this is basically die hard it's exactly the same plot only compressed mm-hmm. to 40 minutes and with 1/20th of the budget so you know what happens the only really important thing you need to know is that Picard acquires and uses a crossbow. The senior staff use ingenuity and banter to get the upper hand on their captors. Picard is nearly killed by the Barry sweep but saved in time and Fraulein Gruber goes boom in space where she'll be no trilithium at all. Oh. <laughs> you had me till the end there. You really did. It's a um, tradition. I suppose that's true. A tradition among so many people. It's a glorious tradition. It is. It is. I thought we retired it with the Lascotti episode, but eh, it's now we will never the retire. The last it. 
<laughs> the last episode of Enterprise, when we turn the lights out on this podcast, will end with, and there were no triple at all. <laughs> and there was no bacula at all. Yay! <laughs> Uh, this was exactly as you say, Die Hard, and that should, I don't know, something about that bothers me. I love Die Hard, it and I love this does. episode, don't get me wrong, but something about it just feels, I don't know, like, lazy? That doesn't seem yeah. right, but you know what I mean? Like, See, the thing is, the concept of Die Hard works so well, it does. and in so it many does. different forms, that's why, that's why there is that thing, Die Hard on a whatever. Yeah. It's because uh, that works, and it's everyone cool. has done that. I mean, the Die Hard on the Ship thing has been done at least three times. It's been done in Under Siege. It's been done in um, Speed. Yeah, but Star 2. Trek is better than Steven Seagal. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Star Trek is significantly better than Steven Seagal. But it's right. not as good as the Jackie Chan classic City Hunter. So you know, <laughs> I just I feel like okay. Again, I love this episode. I'm not trying to hmm. take anything away from this episode, and I'm a big Die Hard fan. Yeah, but. It just feels like this show didn't do a lot of that. Like, now we get the whole wink-wink ironic, you yeah. know, uh, references to other things. Star Trek didn't really do that at this point. Yeah, I mean, he, at no point strange. does Picard go yippee you know, whatever. yippee number one. Yippee My bad no. thing! Oh, well, go ahead. <laughs> My bad thing is that uh, Picard at no point in this episode says, now I have a crossbow, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and also one of the alien, one of the evil aliens has like fifty nostrils, and that's oh, fucking wow. gross. What is your anti-nostril agenda? This it's is disgusting. something that just came up. Hey, I, I seem to only come on on episodes where the aliens have huge nostrils. What is that? I don't know. Are you going to be I there? I just for look at him and I'm like, God, snot's going to start pouring out of his chin. <laughs> you really don't want to be here for Cisco's dad then, because that guy just had enormous oh, nostrils. Oh yeah. The weird thing is, I love Cisco's dad. Oh yeah, me too. But you know, he has that voice. Yeah, you could fall into like, one of those things. Hmm. He has that voice, which you know works. Like, no, he yeah. doesn't. <laughs> it's a total old man dad voice, and yeah. you kind of want to just, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Mm -hmm. Um. But no, like I say, I I do quite enjoy this episode. It just feels mm. sort of out of place on this show, and turning Picard into an action hero. Yeah. Which I liked, and it worked. But it did feel a little out of character for him. Yes. But on the other hand, who cares? I, I like exactly. that even though they turned him into a, an action hero, it's not as... Um, he's not as cold as he is in, let's say, First Contact. Yeah. You know, it's like when, when he tricks one of the people into basically dying by just, you know, getting caught in the Barry sweep, whatever mm -hmm. it was. It was uh, a barium enema. Yeah. You know, they... They cut away to Picard, and he does seem, you know, regretful. That's true. In fact, at at the end, when he tricks a uh, uh, girl, Hans Gruber, hmm. into leaving and then, uh, like, blowing up in her ship, you get hmm. this nice close-up of him looking like, did I have to do that? Yeah. That wasn't very nice. He looked nice in those pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was all right. I she just, was okay, yeah. Know. I mean, she didn't, yeah. unfortunately, she didn't really have any charisma, which is what you need in the Hans Gruber. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna I have mean, a villain. Hans Gruber had fucking charisma for days. Yeah, mm. he did. And that's, you know, that's Alan Rickman. I mean, that mm. guy could, you know. Why didn't they get him for this episode? That's a good point. Mm. Plus, Alan Rickman versus Patrick Stewart. I mean. Right? Yeah. Yes. How awesome would that be? Yeah. Okay, well, great. Now I want to see that. Now we're rewriting oh. this episode, and it was already fine the way it was. <laughs> this episode was love, too short. It absolutely was. Because mm -hmm. I remember but, it being a lot longer, and I think that was just my fanboy brain going, oh my god, he has a crossbow, now he gets to shoot everyone. <laughs> See, I, what I like, and this isn't my good thing, but 
it is a good thing, hmm. which is, I, and this actually ties into both of your goods thing. The B plot is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's it's like usually it's like uh the rest of the crew has to do something, hmm. but that was great in sort of a light way. While Picard's going off and killing people, it balances it out really well. Yeah, that that and, is and my, I lo- I like, my good thing. Yeah, you oh, both well. covered sort of different angles of that. So what did? Uh... Yes, give us your good thing, Vishal. Please. Uh, do. Well, my good thing is just all the banter throughout oh, this yeah. episode, from start to finish. It is just banter, banter, banter. With you know, yep. Picard and crew get banter. The crew themselves get banter. The villains get some banter. It's banter the, the... all the way. The Picard stuff at the beginning, where there's mm. this guy that everyone hates. What was his mm. name? I forget already. Hutch. Hutch. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. <laughs> Thank you. I think you only said it 17 times in your summary, so I just wanted to be sure. Said at least as many times as Worf said honor and birthright part two. Yes, we would have that out. See, I was going to say what's its name, and I half expected you to say Exocomp. Exocomp. <laughs> Hutch the Exocomp honor. <laughs> it was the dog. Um, and we worried going into next gen we wouldn't have any catchphrases in this segment of the show. Ah, <laughs> oh, what fools we were. Yes. Remember Mr. Hengis? I hey, miss Mr. Guys. Hengis. <laughs> Go away, Armis. We got stuff to talk about. No, I Hengis. love okay. going in. Everyone knows this Hutchinson guy is, is just tedious and boring. And mm. Worf says, uh, permission to be excused from this thing. And Picard says, granted. And then Jordy says, hey, me too. Sorry. Worf beat you to it. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. That would have been my quote. If that was my nearly my quote. And that's that's the vibe you get before the Die Hard stuff starts happening is like Picard. You get that same vibe you had during uh, Captain's Holiday where it's so clear that he needs a day off. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on that he's bored by. He's kind of rolling his eyes. And Patrick Stewart yeah, has a great way of playing it up for comedy. And everyone is asking him, you know, what to do with like logistical issues. Yep. And he just kind of, uh, I don't care, ask Jordy. Yeah, I like is... when he gets onto the ship and Worf and Jordy start barking at him at the same time. Yeah. He's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Which is why, you know, as as much as the saddle thing is played for laughs, you sort of genuinely feel that, okay, he does want to just go out and ride a horse, you know, alone for a while. Well, he owns a saddle. There was a mm. physical saddle there when yeah. he went for it, so it's yeah. not like he and made I mean, that we, up. We've seen him horsing before. So. We have, just like Kirk. He's really into horses, mm-hmm. which Kirk goes all the time, but into all the time. Actually, mm. that takes me briefly. We'll we'll come back to the banter in a sec for for your good thing, Matt. It takes me to my good thing, which is there's a moment when everyone leaves the ship. They're all down on the station or whatever it is on the planet, and he's just alone on the bridge, and he gives this really wistful look around. Mm. Oh yeah, that was nice. I love that. It was it was very yeah. Kirk to me in a good way, and you don't see like in generations. It's like these guys don't really have much in common, but that right there, that look, mm-hmm. it's like okay, that is that is so Kirk, and that's and, what should sort of unite all the captains of the Enterprise right there. Yeah, and immediately after when he sees the repair crews coming in, he's just like almost like revolted, and he just like has to get out of there. Yeah, you're yeah. you're soiling my baby. Stop yeah. it. Mm-hmm. This is this is mine. What are you doing here? I love that because to him it's this this huge you know like part of who he is, and to these guys it's uh, it's today's it's just, job. Yeah, right? it's just a. Or, I love of... I love that difference, you know. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's but not again, even. I don't. He's not even looking at like the plaque of the ship. He's just looking at like that uh, the the wooden. Yeah, wharf horseshoe thing that, the, that he stands for. The wharf yeah. leaner. Right, <laughs> the wharf leaner, which is what they're called when they break them. They have to go to supply and order a new wharf leaner. Yeah, of course. I just, I really like that moment, and I feel like 
while he doesn't love that specific enterprise like a woman hmm. like like Kirk did, I do think he like any ship he was on, he would feel that way about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just he's such a passionate explorer and I don't know, it just felt I love that. I love that moment. Hmm. Anyway, back to the banter, Matt. Uh fucking Data's impersonation 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 holy shit you had the word right i don't know what you kept yeah i don't know me. what the problem there was of uh commander hutch hutchinson hmm. was hutch. was hilarious <laughs> but more to the point when he is doing it Riker completely loses his shit and that was hilarious i think i think you should give the listeners some background on this because this is a very specific thing that happens and it is hilarious to watch it unfold so data's trying to learn how to small talk and he sort of corners Picard in the uh, in the turbo lift, and he's sort of running off, you know, like, uh, weather's different and so forth. And Picard's like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to learn about uh, small talk. Well, if you're trying to learn about small talk, you should try uh, pay close attention to uh, Commander Hutchison. He is a master. And then we get to see Hutch following basically everyone in the entire main cast around. And accosting them one by one, and you can see Data in the background watching him and <laughs> almost trying to lurking, ma- like lurking behind a pillar, peeking <laughs> yeah. out, like what's going on over here. Trying to master his, uh, yep, oh, his mannerisms and his, his mannerisms. facial expressions, and so, so he goes up and starts talking to Riker and Troy, and he's doing this just spot-on impersonation, mm-hmm. and fucking Bill completely loses it. <laughs> And I love it. I like that. And then I like when, when Riker says, uh, uh, why don't you go talk to Hutch now? Yeah. And mm. that's it. They've they've diffused the situation by putting the two of them together. Yeah. And that, that sort of fits in with the, there, is, there is a lot of running jokes in this that I love from but, and, the and small talk. And I think that really, the... I think that helps soften the fact that uh, Picard's up there murdering people. Yeah, mm. it does. Because if you just played this completely straight, it would yeah. not work. No, not at all. And and Die Hard had some levity to it as well, yeah. but that was more well, yeah. John McClane yeah. being sort of likable, whereas he, Picard can't really break character that much. Yeah, yeah. he can't really, you know, have all Make those one-liners. And, stuff. and at the yeah. same time, he can't be, like, super serious and go, not on my ship. Right. That's that's for First Contact, where he's totally in character, and that's everyone's favorite movie, but we'll get no, into that yeah. at, <laughs> at some point soon. Uh, yeah, that that's... That, Bad thing we shall? Oh, oh, yes. You kind of already covered that. <laughs> did I do the bad thing yet? Oh. You sort of did. You talked about how uh, how you wished it was two episodes. Yes, I I wish it was longer. Mm-hmm. As in, I, I, I wish even if it was 40 minutes, there was like a bit more uh, substance to it. Because the banter mm-hmm. is good and Picard's badassery is good. But almost because it runs entirely on those two things, you sort of notice that it's kind of weak. Because it of is. that, even more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I see what you mean. There's, it's really mostly gimmicks. It's really yeah. mostly. Uh, I there's mean, not even a lot of Hutchinson is a gimmick. Uh, the plot's mm-hmm. a gimmick. You know, but it all works. It so works. It's okay. Yeah, it's good and it's you, very entertaining. If and uh, you want I, it to be a longer episode because you yeah. like it because you want to see more of it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want it to be Die Hard rather than a version of Die Hard. <laughs> right. And I put Where this Picard's... in my notes as well that if you. If you saw the opening of this episode with that banter, with the amount of character and, you know, humor and even like mm-hmm. plot bits they weave into it, that's a really great introduction to Next Gen. 
So you think this would be a good, like, someone who's never seen the show should see this one? Yeah, as in if you wanted to just, you know, bring people up to speed on the dynamics of how the ship works and, you know, yeah. the kind of science. No, there is sort of a tour of the ship. I've never hmm. thought of that for this one. My that, my that, only that, concern that, there was would be that they would think that the captain is kind of an action hero, and typically he's not. But true. apart from well, that, you're absolutely right. I mean, right. after you, if you if after you show them this one, you show them the movies, you should be fine. I suppose yeah. that's true. But in the series, he usually finds other ways to to get around stuff. But other mm. than that, you, you're spot on. Everyone else is completely and and you get a you yeah. Get a tour I mean, you show ship. a measure of a man, and you show this. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a nice one-two punch there. Um, my bad thing. Well, Tim Rust just reminds me that one day we have to watch Voyager. <laughs> yep. Tim Which Rust just reminds me that I yeah, need yeah. to replay Voyager Elite Force. I keep, you guys were talking about that the other day. I keep hearing I gotta pick that up. That. I mm. briefly played and then turned the controller over to my wife because I'm terrible at these kind of games, the new mm. uh, Star Trek game. I don't Writing think wise, that's your fault in, in that case. No, she, she, she likes those kind of games just fine. I just, mm. I am not. A fan, but I want to see the cutscenes, and so far yeah. they are spot on. Yeah. Okay. So far, seeing Kirk be the captain and and seeing the actors do their thing, and it, there's some good dialogue, and it's already mm. pretty good. Yeah, I mean Any that thing got in hammered in reviews. What's that? That thing got hammered in the reviews. What's up, your show? Yeah. Yeah, probably, but I don't. First of all, I'm not a gamer, so mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. I wouldn't know a bad game if I saw it because I don't play any. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we get a new Star Trek story with that cast, Absolutely. written by the guys who wrote the movie, you know, take the, take mm. out the game and just watch the cutscenes, and you basically yeah. got a you know an in between movie. I'd so probably true. pick it up, you know, when it's in the bargain bins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or used. Yeah. Right. No, there's some there's some great stuff. There's some great Kirk Spock stuff in particular that's, oh, nice. that's fun, and we only just started, so mm. should be fun. Um, a note that I have here is. Uh, uh, Vishal mentioned this is the uh, the Vulcan neck pinch thing, hmm. which they didn't expressly say this, but I believe he picked that up when he melded with Sarek. Uh. Yeah, like Spock always told us that a human can't do that, uh. and I like the idea that he gets around that by well, I spent some pretty intense time inside this guy's head. Okay, I get to learn how to how to do. Look, that. I figured out how the fingers move. Okay, it's not that yeah. hard. <laughs> but he was never able to teach Kirk. Like they they mentioned that a few times. Mm-hmm. Like how do you do that? Well, you can't. On the oh, other hand, Picard, Kirk is Kirk, you know, he's more likely to well, kiss you than Well, he wants to do the two-fisted punch. punch. Right. Yeah. Yes. Or jump on that's, the wall. That's more Kirk's speed. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my note or here kick is... the guy and then fall down. That's another one he liked. <laughs> my note here is that I like Picard's horsing outfit. I think there's probably a name for it, but that's what I... Uh... He had huge-ass boots. He did, but that's what you wear. I know. He's a very equestrian man. It's true. I just wanted to say equestrian. I know you did. Uh, and then at the end, somebody says something about a horse, and and then Worf says, "Of course." Oh yeah, really? I could have done without that. Yeah. That's all I got. What about you guys? Yeah. I'm gonna hope that that was a uh, that was improv. Could be. And was just Michael Dorn's terrible sense of humor. He does have a terrible sense of humor, but he's kind of charming in that way. Yeah. Uh, any or further? Or maybe points? Worf's just a big Mr. Ed fan. That could, could happen. Be. Could be. Or, or Alexander's making him watch Nick at night before he goes to bed. Yep. Terrible. That's how they're bonding this week. I suppose so. Father! Mm. <laughs> oh, no, but he's dead, according to Matt. Oh, yeah. Right. They turned him into glue. There would be no glue at all. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, 
there's a lot of technical things I like about this episode, the, you know, the banter and all that. I like the shorthand of, you know, most people just die off screen and it's just, the pace is good. It's just, I yeah, just wish there was more. Yep. And that's, you know, that's the sign of a good episode. Yeah. That you wish there was more. <laughs> and in contrast with the last one that did not need to be a two-parter. Nope. Where we have half of one episode showing Worf getting there and the other mm. half showing him being there for way too long. <laughs> Thank God they didn't make it into a trilogy where he where this one he would have gone home. Yeah, my note my note says thank wrestled, Christ she said wrestled with his brother in the field. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I wasn't there for that episode, but that is actually one of my favorite bits in Next Gen. Oh, family? Yeah. yeah the were, the speech he has after the, the fight, not necessarily right. the fight. Oh, and when he starts crying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you were supposed to be here for that one and something happened. I was in India. Recall. Oh, that's what it was. And they don't have Star Trek in India. No. I didn't have internet, certainly. Oh, well, there is that also. That's another thing they don't have. Right. Um, yes, it's all, it just gets in the way of our tech support really badly. Oh, <laughs> You're such a racist. <laughs> no, it's, it's really strange because my brother was in India recently and he was in a city. It's a, like a major metropolitan city and there was like, Two hour power cuts every day. And you're thinking, well, how the hell does that work? Yeah. <laughs> what if I need help? Well, too bad. What if you need porn? Think about well, that. Or that. What you thought about that? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. <clears throat> Alright, any any further business, Fuchel? I, no, I feel like there's that more to say. Crossbow was I'm awesome. Sure yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Matt? Crossbow. <laughs> That's it. Crossbow. Yep. That's what you have to offer. Yep. Very well. Vishal, you got a quote. Oh, yes. I do have a quote. It's the, um, it's when they're at the party thrown by Hutch, Hutchinson. Colin uh, Hutch. And they're talking about, Hutch is going on about something about ornithology, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he mentions horses and then Picard is like, oh, horses? Really? <laughs> and then there's this bit. If the weather were better, we could take horses to the southern promontory and visit the nesting grounds. Horses. Yes, we have a network of trails through the plains. Unfortunately, it's not very pleasant right now. Cold, muddy, not a soul for kilometers. Sounds perfect. Miss LaForge, how long before the Baryon sweep begins on the Enterprise? About 25 minutes, sir. Then I have enough time to go back to the ship and get my saddle. Your saddle? Yes, uh, saddle is a, a very personal thing. It has to be uh, broken in, used, cared for. You keep a saddle on board the Enterprise? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I never know when I will have the opportunity to ride. I see. It's perfectly normal. You know, most uh, most serious riders do have their own saddle. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, well, if you will excuse me. That was that was a lot of fun. But as I would have had a hard time picking one. Like, I, yeah, I imagine you did as well. Yeah, I mean, I, there was the bit at the beginning. There's a really nice line between, uh, which I didn't put in the summary. There's, uh, you know, in order to uh, overcome their captors, uh, uh, Bill says he, you know, they need a distraction. So Troy right. goes up to uh, Nails and she says, you know, you know, give me a distraction. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll think of something. And he just goes up to the guy and like socks him and proceeds <laughs> to fight with him. And then well, it distracted on, him. Yeah. Oh no, he he punches him, and then the other guy like punches him and lands him on the floor. Like, hmm. and then later like I think uh, Troy is patching up his wound, and there's this nice exchange there too. You know. 
about distractions, which I'm now completely forgetting. <laughs> yeah, I was I was waiting for you to because I don't remember either, and I just watched it like an hour. Yeah, ago. I know. <laughs> But it was good. There's was, a lot of good banter in this. Yeah, there is. This is a great episode for that. All right, Vishal, it's always a delight, and it's it's too bad we can't get you on as much as we would like. But uh, now you have the means to communicate with us a little easier. Hopefully, hmm. we can uh, we can talk to you some more. Yes. Next week, uh, for for the first time in months, we don't have a guest. <gasps> oh wow! Which is nice. Matt and I, you know, we love our guests. You guys are mm. our friends and so forth. And you, you add things to the show, like talking about Hutch and mm. Hutch, Hutchinson, Hutch, racist Hutchinson. accents and so forth. But uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's nice to just be me and Matt by ourselves. Yeah. Oh God! And next week, uh, there's there's more flute playing. So Ooh, is I will this do my best with, the, with with his Picard's hot girlfriend who plays the piano. Yep. Yes. Uh, I yeah, know her from Australian TV. I don't think she plays the piano because they go up into a Jeffrey's tube and jam, and I'm pretty sure you can't fit a piano up there. Yes, I would roll like out to piano. see him try. I I don't remember what she plays, but mm. I know they go I, into a Jeffrey's tube. I don't tube, either. So. I was just looking at her face. They make a and piano the on the of holodeck. <laughs> I'm picturing one of those giant floor keyboards like in the movie Dig. <laughs> <laughs> they're dancing around. Yes. Um, and then the following week, Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh-huh. It is here in, in only two weeks. Mm. So I am super excited about that. And yes, indeed. Matt, I suspect you are as well. Definitely. So looking forward to that. Matt will be here. We will watch it twice, and we will tell you what we think. And mm. we will try our best to speak human words and not just, We saw a Star Trek! Yay, now we got to wait four more years. That Immediately, I'm going to think that. No, no, of course we have to are. wait indefinitely, because who knows if he'll be... You know, oh, yeah, busy doing Star, be, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah he's well, going to be warzing. You know, I mean, it's at least a lateral move, if not a move mm. up. I can't blame him. No, I cannot blame him at all. I also think he needs to bring Simon Pegg over with him, because then mm. he'll have the triple crown of Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Star Wars. Uh, yep. He will be the king nerd. Yep. But was After he that, on Lex? Like, now, if only I could get onto Farscape. <laughs> Damn it. Lex. He'll give English Gav a call. Do you know the guys at Farscape? Yes, I do. <laughs> He's like, what's a Farscape? <laughs> all right. So that is all. Mm. Once again, Vishal, thank you. Matt, thank you. tell for the folks me. what you're going to do to them. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2013. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.